Hello, we're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. We're going to look at Psalm chapter 36, a psalm that is a study in contrast. We begin with the sinful man and we end with the saved man. If you're a Christian today, such is life as we are all born sinners, but by God's amazing grace, we are saved. We're going to dive in with the sinful man in verse number one and his persuasion. The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. And some may believe that the word saith is too weak. If you look, it is the word that is regularly used in the Old Testament in thus saith the Lord. What this is saying is the voice within speaks with authority. The same way the believer listens to the Word of God and to the Holy Spirit, the lost man is listens to the transgressions, that is the rebellion that is within. There is a temptation for those of us who are saved to listen to the same voice. We need to be careful to give authority to God's voice. We need to be careful to have a humble fear of God and to follow Him. The lost man is not so. He listens to the voice, to the temptations that is within him. That is his persuasion, but we see his pride in verse number two. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. Man as whole have come to a place that they think too much of their own opinion. We see that everywhere today as people drift further and further from the rigid rules of right and wrong in the Bible murder, rape, hate, terrorism, drugs, they've become norms in our society. In some cases, even legal. But in the end, end, man will find his way to be hateful. That is destructive to society. And we've certainly seen a falling away. We've certainly seen the trouble and the detriments of society. And what happens is man drifts further and further away from God's moral righteousness we've seen that in america we see that all over the world and it will continue to do so as man looks and they value their opinion man today they're ready to argue and say who are you to tell me i'm wrong who are you to tell me what i should do or what i shouldn't do i'm here this morning to tell you i'm nobody but god's word but god's word is my authority i come to tell you what god's word saith as a preacher as a teacher as a christian it should be our goal it should be our desire to expound upon to express to reveal god's word we need to make sure that we are sticking in and staying with god's word if god's word says it then that settles it i can't change it i can't do nothing about it but i have a responsibility to bring forth the truth god has called me to preach his word i have a responsibility to preach, to expound upon His Word. If you're a Christian today, you have a responsibility to follow His Word, to share His Word, to share His precious gospel. We see man's pride, sinful man's pride, but we also see his policy in the first part of verse number 3. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. When one rejects absolute moral truth, then it becomes easier to lie. Have you noticed how if we watch the news or watch politicians, how people lie with 
ease they've convinced themselves that there's no one to be held accountable to there's com- they've convinced themselves that there is no god and there's no reason to worry about it if they get away with it then it's fine they've made themselves to be their own god and if they feel okay with it if it feels good to them then it's fine but we have got to a place where their policy is lies the policy is to see what we can get away with but know that god will judge in the end god will judge we see his past in the second part of verse number three he hath left off to be wise and to do good as time has gone on sinful man has gotten farther and farther from wise and good moral behavior we've drifted further and further from where we started out in america we've drifted further and further from where we started out as men they was once a time that a even a lost man wouldn't do the things that he'll do today and consider to be okay. There was once a time that he'd watch his language around a lady that he would act different, but today is not so. We have drifted further and further away from the past. We have drifted further and further into a moral decline. We see his plans in the first part of verse number four. He devises mischief upon his bed. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He isn't just overtaken, but he lays in bed and plans his mischief. Many just wait all week for the weekend, Friday night, to go to the bar to sneak away for an affair or some some illicit thing that he should not be doing without the authority of God. A man, man or a woman's heart becomes consumed with wickedness. They look forward to that next thing, that next next thrill that they can do that next earthly worldly pleasure that they can get with that's his plans but we see his path and the last part he setteth himself in a way that is not good he abhorreth evil the word evil comes from a root it means to break up all that is good it is connected with corruption depravity and lewdness the man who once knew better now believing god can be ruled out sees nothing wrong with doing vile and filthy things but i'm glad in the next verse that david changes gears he goes to a new place we've been seeing the sinful man but now we look at the saved man we see the transition of what happens when god comes by in an instant the mood is changed such is the way with salvation when god becomes the authority the things that were once pleasurable lose their desire now there is a new there is a new moral and peaceful life and we see the pursuit in verse number five thy mercy O lord is in the heavens and thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds god's mercy cannot be matched it reaches to the heavens his faithfulness reaches to the clouds if you ever stop to look back at all the moments that took place the day you were saved the days and the weeks leading up to that how god put things in place to get you where you was going to be most of us we don't go to church planning on getting saved most of us we went to church i i went to church thinking i was saved i went to church thinking that i was just going to revival but god come by that night and i look back as i think about the gentleman the gentleman that invited me to come to church to come to that service the sunday school teacher and i went to another church to another camp meeting and god dealt with my heart and i look at all the steps that fell into place and if we look back at your life there's many times that you can see where god has worked all things together for good he's worked all things together to get you where 
you need to be to get you where you need to be to be saved or to get back in His will. He has a plan. He has a purpose for everything in our life and He will use it. We see the pursuit, but we see the persistence in verse number 6. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep, O Lord. Thou preserveth man and beast. A mountain is the symbol of an unmovable object. We often fear God's righteousness when we should praise Him for it. It is His righteousness that allows us to rest in His Word and know we are saved. We can trust Him. It is His righteousness that makes it so He cannot tell a lie. He cannot go back on His Word. We have nothing to fear if we're trusting in Him. We should praise God for His righteousness. We can trust in Him. We see the persistence, but then we see the profoundness. God's judgments are as deep as the ocean. What does this mean? Well, in our case, He has judged us righteous in His Son. His judgment is backed by His righteousness that is as deep as the ocean. It cannot be measured. His love for us knows no ends. It is He that preserves us. It is He that protects us. It is He that saves us. I'm glad. I'm glad that His righteousness knows no ends. I'm glad that there's nobody that's not savable. God died. He paid the price for all, that all who would call on His name could come to repentance, could be saved. We are protected in verse number 7. How excellent is Thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of His wings. Imagine a mother hen protecting her chicks under her wings to the little fluffy chicks there is no safer place known under the shadow of our lord's wings we are safe from all harm in him do we trust we are protected but we have pleasures in verse number eight they shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures remember pleasure doesn't belong to sinners it was invented by god he wants us to live life abundantly and joyfully in His will. There is no greater happiness than the pleasure that comes down from heaven in a life dedicated to the Lord. We will live in His fatness. We will be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. I'm reminded of a story of a man that bought a nice house. He'd come into some money, and his family come in the first time, and his little boy run from room to room and said, Is this ours? Is this ours? Is this ours? And the man, he he wasn't upset about it. He didn't say, no, no, son, that's mine. But no, he was he was excited for the little boy to enjoy all that. And just as the father, he was excited to share what he had with the boy. We were joint heirs with Christ. There's something so much better, so much better waiting for us. He saved us for godly, for heavenly pleasures there's something to look forward to church there's something to look forward to people there's so much more than what we have here and we see his promises in verse number nine for with thee is the fountain of life in thy light shall we see light in christ we don't just have the fountain of youth we have the fountain of life eternal imagine if we stayed young forever we'd still be stuck in this sinful rotten word world but we have seen the light of his righteousness and in that we will one day be restored 
to a life in paradise as Adam and Eve they lost in the Garden of Eden. Someday we'll get to get back to that. We have so much to look forward to. We have so much to see in the light of the world. We have a great, great promise. I'm so thankful, so thankful for the fountain of the light of life, the light that we see. We can see the light in Him. Thank God we see the promise. We see the permanence in verse number 10 and 11. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. David here, he's asking God to justify the saint permanently. The continuance of God's mercy is the best thing about our salvation. We know that His mercy will never end. His mercy will always last. We can rejoice. We can glorify God in that knowing and knowing it goes on for eternity forever and ever and ever. We see the permanence, but we see the plunge in verse number 12. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. David is so sure of God's judgments that he speaks of them as already done. Church, people, if you're listening today, if you're not saved, we have a choice. We can accept God's grace and mercy or we face a sure judgment of eternity in hell. God gives mankind a choice. He gives all mankind a choice. What is yours? Are you going to choose Him? Are you going to choose His righteousness? Are you going to choose eternity in hell? Lost forevermore. If you reject God, if you reject His Word, if you reject His Son, you're choosing by default. You're choosing a life, paying the price of your sins all eternity, all eternity in hell, paying the price for your sins. I pray that you'll choose wisely this morning. I'm so glad for the day I chose Christ as my Savior. God bless.